0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 42 of Licensed to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger every week. We watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today?
1: I'm alright. I'm alright. I've had this thing where, uh, like, I'm not sick. I just, you know that feeling you have when you're, like, about to get sick? You're like, oh, I'm not sick yet, but I'm gonna be sick in, like, two hours. You know that?
0: Oh, yes. Uh, you know that feeling? I don't recall which episode, but there was an episode, I think back during the Dye Ranger season, where when we started the episode, I was like, we need to go through this episode quickly, because by the end of this episode, I will be too sick to record, so we need to go right now.
1: <laughs> Anyways, I've just been sort of riding that knife edge for like two days, and I talked to Beth, and she said, oh yeah, I've been there for like a week, so maybe whatever this is... Like, that's just it. Like, you maybe, never get sick sick. You, know, you maybe just that... kind of constantly feel like you're about to.
0: Maybe that is. I had, um, around New Year's, I had a thing where I felt that way for a few days. And then, for a while afterwards, I felt as though I was recovering from being sick. So there was a couple of days of feeling like I was about to be sick. And then, immediately, I felt like I was recovering from being sick. But there was only like a six-hour period in there where I actually felt like I was sick. So, you know, I mean, listen, that's not the worst-case scenario.
1: Hey, I'll take what I can get. Uh, Right now I feel pretty okay. You know what else is okay, Matt?
0: Speaking of not being the worst-case scenario.
1: Yeah, yours uh, are better.
0: uh, We're we're going into episode 42 of Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called... I'm going to take a deep breath before I start saying this.
1: You're going to need it.
0: Engine stall on all cars. Desperate situation for the giant robo. Uh, It's a a big title and a big episode.
1: It is a real intense episode. We don't... Well, we'll get into it.
0: Okay, uh, we will, Dave, get into it. But before we get into that, of course, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? I sure would, Matt. Dave... I think it was just last week that I was talking about my theory that unmarried people should get to have a like fake out wedding registry. Yeah, that was last week. Um, and part of that, and, and, and every once in a while, I realize that there are things that I don't have that other people have that they have gotten as part of wed- wedding registries. And just a few days ago, I had this thought, man, I don't have a Dutch oven. You don't. You should. Well, Everyone okay. should have
1: a Dutch oven.
0: When I had that thought, I had the thought, I don't have a Dutch oven. But Dave, I have good news. Did you solve that problem for yourself? I have solved that problem. I have. Not only did I get a Dutch oven. I feel like I had waited so long to get a Dutch oven. Now, I did not get like a, like you, you say. Didn't. like No, oh, of course okay. I didn't. I was going to say. Because I'm, I'm not a madman. <laughs> I got a Lodge uh, cast iron like, enameled Dutch oven, because according to all research I did, it was basically the exact same as a Le Creuset, but, like, six times cheaper.
1: Dude, I have no idea how Le Creuset possibly possibly charges the amount of money that they do, or what the possible value could be. Because even a Dutch oven, like, it's just, it's a big hunk of iron and with enamel paint on it. So unless they've got, like, magic enamel paint that, like, never ever chips... Like, I... It's crazy. But Lodge is a great brand.
0: only the, the, like the ol- brand. The only thing that I know that maybe Le Creuset has over other people is that they do have a lifetime warranty. Oh, okay. And they have great
1: paint jobs.
0: Like, I'm aesthetically, su- I'm, I'm sure they're they fantastic.
1: Uh,
0: but I went with the Lodge because it was... Because you're American. Uh, well, and also because I, I don't just want to spend... Like, well, I feel like I should have this particular kitchen trinket. I'm going to spend $400 on a hunk of iron <laughs> with some enamel on it. Uh, so I bought the reasonably priced one, which is the Lodge. I, I did, however, the, the one splurge thing that I did is instead of getting a reasonably sized Dutch oven, I did go ahead and get myself a 7.5 quart Dutch oven.
1: Now, Matt, I'm going to tell you. That's an investment that will pay dividends.
0: That's what I'm hoping for, Dave. Because I feel like if my immediate thought was to get a four or five quart Dutch oven, and I was like, well, that's basically all I need. But I know that like once a year, there's going to be a moment where I'm going to be furious with myself for not having spent the extra, like I don't know, $15 to get the extra quarts added on. And I'm very excited about it. Now, listen,
1: here's the great thing about a Dutch oven. The great thing about a Dutch oven is that you use it to braise. Like, this is the great thing about a Dutch oven. Here's the great thing about braising. It's great in the winter, of course, because that's when you're of getting, course. like, stews, right? That's when you're getting your pot roasts. That's you when you're getting your Uh And then... So, actually, very briefly, speaking of cassoulet, remember I mentioned the other week that we had this friend over. She had never had French food. We served sure. with cassoulet. She had it. She was like, this is delicious. She is uh, of Brazilian descent. Her parents are immigrants. And she said, we actually have a dish that's very much like this. Oh, really? Feijoada. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Called feijoada. And it's, it is like cassoulet in the sense that it is a kind of like poor person's bean stew... That is so, like, nationalized and beloved that, like, everybody eats it because it's so great. And I was going to say, I was like, of course you do. Like, it's a bean stew that you make with, like, garlic and onions and whatever meat you happen to have lying around. Probably every cuisine on the face of the planet has a version of this.
0: So have you tried this this Brazilian uh, version of it?
1: I have not. I would be very excited to.
0: I would also be very excited, too. But anyways... I wonder if... Because I know that, uh, like, some Brazilian things are influenced by Portuguese things. I wonder if there's, like, andouille involved.
1: There might be. I would not be surprised. You you know I love casule. I know you do.
0: But I also really love andouille sausage. And if you could somehow have a marriage of those two things... That would be special.
1: If you could get like the Portuguese version. So anyways, here's the other benefit. A lot of people don't think about this, if I'm going to be honest. Braising in the summertime. Here's the benefit of braising in the summertime. A, the heat. You're never using too high of a heat in your oven. This is particularly beneficial if you don't have like air conditioning in your place. Mm -hmm. The second great thing is that you just stick it in your oven and you leave it. Like you leave the room and you do not have to be in the kitchen cooking it's just it's just happening, and with a big seven and a half quarter mat, you could do like a big old pork butt, and uh, have yourself pulled pork. Freeze some of it; you'll be in pulled pork for like a month. It'll be great.
0: Mm-hmm. Pulled pork for being in pulled pork for a month during the summertime sounds amazing. Yeah, I was I was talking to a buddy of mine who is a uh, who is a cook slash chef uh, today. I told him I just got a Dutch oven. And he was like, oh, you have made the best decision that you could possibly make. I'm going to, like, dig up some recipes to give you so that you can, like, put stuff in your Dutch oven, turn your oven on, go to work, come home later, and have it be there. Now, i got to be honest, I feel weirdly uncomfortable about having my oven on in my apartment while I'm not home. You know, I feel the same way. I feel like I, I, also, I, probably, do, should you... be, I probably should be fine with it because... Many people do it often, but, you know, like safety and fire. Uh, But, I mean, listen, I've I've got weekends. I can make this happen. It's going to be very good. Dave, speaking of things that are very good, why don't you tell me about star number two?
1: So our second star of the week, Matt, is I was at a buddy's house uh, the other night, and his brother, uh, Ben, Our buddy Ben, his brother just recently moved to Cleveland, they moved in together, and his brother Joel has a VR setup.
0: Ooh. And I had
1: never done VR before, Matt. And uh, have you ever? Have you ever done this?
0: Uh, Dave, the closest I've ever gotten to VR is, I recall one time I was over at our mutual friend Marty's place, and he had like a... Remember Google Cardboard... Okay.
1: Yes. It's, yeah, and I know the thing you're talking about. No, it's like this it's is like, is like a, a cardboard. Full-on... It's
0: like a cardboard rig that you drop your phone into, and then you pretend that it's VR. That's about as close as I've gotten.
1: Okay, this was like a full-on thing, and it uh, it's wild. It's like uh, I'm just trying to like come to grips. With how, but because as these things get better and better, of course. Like I remember, like you know, the first time the Kinect came out or the Wii came out, and you could say, like, oh my gosh, like it's watching you and it can like interact and you can change the channel by waving your hand, and like that was pretty wild.
0: Yeah, man, dude. And now... The Kinect had a good year and a half when people thought that was the future of video gaming.
1: Yeah, uh, it turned out to not be great, but I, you know, it was one of those like. You take one branch and a tech tree and they're like, oh, I don't want that one, and then you flip, and then you get VR.
0: Sure, yeah. Connect connect head to run so that VR could fly.
1: Right. It's uh man, I'm just having trouble it's it's disconcerting, first of all. It's okay. disconcerting like how quickly you adapt to being in this virtual environment. Like, it felt like it should be weirder, but I like put the headset on and I picked up the controllers, and in like 15 seconds, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is how this works. It was, I was fine. Uh, and the fact that I was fine was a little bit, little bit weird. Um, and the game that I played was super hot. There is a version of Super Hot for VR.
0: Oh, dude! I have heard. Listen, you. I think we've talked about it even on this we show. We did, that I, which is I, why I'm not talking about the game itself hot. now. I have heard that Super Hot is one of the best VR experiences that you can have.
1: It. I turned into Neo. Matt is what happened. <laughs> I was like, "There's uh, our friend Jen took a video of me doing it, and of course, you look like a dope, but like I'm like bent over backwards, bullet timing out of the way." Of a shotgun blast, why I like reach around a corner and shoot a guy that I know is th- I can't see him, but I know he's there uh it was it was amazing it was incredible the the only uh the only part where I looked real real dumb is I did try to like lean down on a cabinet that wasn't there
0: <laughs> <laughs> like it was there in VR but it was not there in R.
1: Yeah, like I, it was like super classic. Like I went like a cartoon. Like I went to put my hand down on it and leaned forward, and it, of course, there's nothing there because I'm just <laughs> standing in the middle of a room. So, uh, so I did it, and I th- I think Ben is going to be hosting our, our Thursday thing. So when you come over, you'll you'll be able to check it out. Um, it's it was incredible. That's all I. I'm never going to get it. I can't get it. I already I have dipped like a very small toe back into playing video games, and I cannot handle. The, like the, the lore, the lore of VR. Cause I tell you what, Matt, you know what else is true? They did a port for Skyrim, a Skyrim VR. Of
0: course they've done a port for Skyrim. Dave, I'm surprised that there's not a port for Skyrim on my Apple watch. Uh, there there has been a port for Skyrim on basically everything that has come out since the 360.
1: Yeah, I know, but I've never cared about it, Matt. The point is, is that there's, it's a VR, like, and the combat because uh, buddy Ryan has it he was saying like the comp- like the sword is just a sword like you're not you're not restricted to like goofball swings like when you just pull the trigger like you're actually you're actually doing the thing uh, uh no uh, yeah, Dave it's... I'm
0: sorry we have to stop talking about this because if we don't I'm going to get VR so I can play Skyrim again <laughs> yeah uh so Matt what is our third what's our third star of the week Dave third star of the week is um I have a friend who recently had a birthday Okay. And on, and on her birthday, she thought, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go all out because it's been a while since she's like done something for her birthday." Okay? She thought I'm going to go all out. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rent a party bus. Oh no.
1: Oh no. Well, listen, I mean, I don't know this person.
0: Well, no, it's Here here's the other thing to know. Her birthday was on a Tuesday in January. In Cleveland, now Dave. Other than the general, did she not wait for the?
1: Just Uh, to be clear, uh, mm -hmm. so she said, my birthday is on Tuesday in January on the weekend. I want to do a party bus, but gosh darn it! If I'm gonna delay this thing for the weekend, my birthday is on a Tuesday.
0: By gum, I I think it's partially. I think it's partially that she didn't want to wait, and I think it's partially uh, she has a number of children. Mm. And this is the first birthday she's done in, like, five years since she had her twins.
1: Legit. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. Like,
0: she got somebody who was willing to watch her kids that night, and she was like, no, I want to do a party bus. I don't care that it's Tuesday in January in Cleveland. We're doing a party bus tonight. She rented a party bus on the west side of Cleveland for two hours to bring, it, it was like a pub crawl, except that it only went from what, I think there were only three bars involved total. We met up at one bar. It drove us to uh, Porcos, which is a Tiki bar, which is uh, a, a cool time. And then we were there for like 45 minutes and we're like, we have to leave right now because we only have the party bus for another 15 minutes. And it's going to take us back to the bar where we started so that we can pick up our cars. And it was just the most like, we are in our 30s, but we have dedicated ourselves to like the idea that (laughs) we're not given up on having a party. (laughs) <laughs> like, we're all 35, and we're only doing this for two hours on a Tuesday, but we're getting on that party bus, and it's driving us three quarters of a mile from this bar to that bar, and someone is going to blare music. We're only going to get about two and a half songs through before we get to our destination, but we are party busing this, and it's going to be a thing. And I'll tell you what. You it, know, actually, it Matt, actually now was that you've pretty good. It. That sounds like the best version of a
1: party bus. I know. I retract right? every statement I made.
0: I, I I definitely and listen, I went through the same emotional journey that you did when I was telling it to you, but like while I was doing it. And my journey was definitely the same. Like, I don't know if this is a good idea. This I don't know if this is like over the top or under the top. But it turned out to be just like right exactly just the right, right level. Yeah, right in the pocket. Loved it. Loved it. I, let me great. tell you. And I and you know what? I bet she got a really good deal on that party bus on a Tuesday in January.
1: Oh, yeah. You're paying rock bottom prices on a Tuesday in January. Yeah. I would just like to see how many more times we can get the phrase a Tuesday in January into this conversation. We, get, we shouldn't do it now because then it'll be weird and artificial. But if you see a chance to bring it around...
0: I w uh, Dave, you know I'll do it. Uh anyway, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week?
1: So fourth star of the week, Matt, is I was on a uh, I was uh I was out this morning and I was in the car and I saw I, I I drove past a street and coming across me, like passing uh passing left, in front of me was a BMW. Which okay. is not like why there's like BMWs. People drive BMWs in my neighborhood. I don't drive a BMW but I live close to people who drive BMWs. Sure. So, that was BMW. And, uh, and I saw in the front, it had European license plates. Which I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, this person must have just, like, I don't know, gotten, you know, they're visiting or, like, or something. But, like, for whatever reason, like, this car has, has European plates. Because you see that, like, every once in a sure. while, right?
0: Dave, I love a European license plate. I well? It, it might just be because I don't see them often, but I think they look so much better than an American license plate.
1: Well, Matt, you're not the only one. Okay. So here's a fun, here's a fun fact about Ohio, Ohio uh, driving laws. You do not technically have to have your license plate on the front of your car. They like you to, but like it's some sort of, and I could be wrong about this, but it's some sort of like slightly arcane thing where like you do not technically have to have your license plates on the front of your car. Because this car drives past me, and as it's driving past me, I see in my rearview mirror that it has American plates on the back. Okay. Where you have to legally have your plates. So, Matt, you're not the only one who likes European plates, because this dude, whoever he is, or she, has gone through the mental process of, like, well, I'd like everyone. Like, everybody knows you're already driving a Beamer, my man. You right. don't need, like, and so, because obviously, like, the deep down, if this person is being honest with themselves, the reason they have this, these European plates... Is because they're cool, right? Sure. But nobody, because at that point, if you're willing to admit, you're like, no, I just have these because I like them. You have to be willing to admit to yourself that, like, the reason you like them is that you're really trying to draw people's attention to the fact that you're driving a BMW. Which, like, everybody notices, dude. It's a BMW. They're very nice cars. Like, good on you. But so like I I des- I crave to know like what mental hoops this person has gone through to be like no 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 it really if you think about it it really makes sense to have european plates on the front of my car like i want to know what their reasoning like if you just asked them like hey john why do you have european plates like i w- i would love to know The answer that John would give me.
0: I feel like that answer has got to be either. I feel like there's two possible answers, right? Answer number one is the one that's the most obvious and, frankly, the most true, which is European license plates look cool because when I watch a James Bond movie, those are the license plates that are on the cars. Right. The other answer is some, like, some hooey... That they have come up with, like, well, if I ever bring this car back to Austria, then I'm, I am still have to have my plates on. But if I have it on the front, it's okay, even if I don't have it on the back. And right. no one believes you, John. That's the part that
1: I want to hear the hooey. Like, i if he was just like, James Bond does it, it's rad. I'd be like, James Bond does do it, and it is rad, John. Cool beamer. It's the hooey that I want, though. That's the part that would bring me joy. You gotta uh, hear that hooey, <laughs> anyways, Matt. Um, what? What is our fifth star of the week,
0: Dave? Our fifth star of the week is that uh, my local grocery store. And when I say local, I mean the one that's like down the street from me that I can walk to.
1: Well, that is that's how a lot of people define local. Yeah,
0: they, Dave, they're a pretty new grocery store. They just opened up. Uh within the life of this podcast, if you scroll back in the, the archives, you'll hear me telling uh, how great it was when they first opened. And I'll tell you, it's still great that they're there. It's a very nice grocery store, and they do a good sandwich. They do a really good sandwich. They've got a ramen bar, too. It's kind of hit or miss as to whether or not you can actually find someone who is at the stand who will give you some ramen. But if you can, the ramen is pretty good. Nice. Anyway. But Dave, on the weekend... They I think they try to make it like fun to be in the grocery store. And one of the things that they do is that they bring in a DJ, a grocery store DJ. Now sometimes Okay,
1: well that's that's both wild and terrible.
0: Sometimes there'll be a band, like a like a 2-3 piece band, sometimes they'll just be like a lady playing an electronic keyboard like some jazzy tunes. Dude,
1: Whole Foods used to do this. On like a Friday afternoon, they had like a ton of samples out and there was like live music. Like, it was well, like come Welcome hang out to at the Whole party
0: Foods. and buy a dozen eggs. Like it's a weird it's a weird party invite, but they do do it. But Dave, here is something that I realized much to my chagrin yesterday. Now the DJ who's there every week on like a Saturday afternoon. And I end up doing grocery shopping on Saturday afternoon a lot cuz that's a convenient time for me. The DJ who's there, I thought was maybe somebody who worked there, who did some DJing on the side, or maybe they did like party DJing and this was one of the things they did. What I have come to the very sad realization of as of Saturday is that he is not a party DJ. He is not a club DJ. He is not a radio DJ. He is not a guy who works at the grocery store who happens to DJ on the weekends. Dave, I would bet almost anything, now that I've had a, a pretty recent experience, that he is a wedding DJ. Ooh. Now listen, people, have, people get married, people have DJs at their wedding. I understand. You, you want to have music? There are people that you hire to do that. That's fine. But here's the problem. Is when that wedding DJ stuff starts to leak into your grocery store DJ stuff. Because what that means, Dave, is that sometimes you're trying to, like, have a mix bumping in the background. And you're going from song A to song B. You're cutting in between. And then, for five minutes... While I'm stuck in the, 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 the line to get my food to leave. Desperate to leave at this point. I was not desperate to leave when I got into the line. I was desperate to leave by the time I got through it. Dave, this wedding DJ, outside the context of a wedding, because it was on his wedding DJ playlist decided that the thing that chicken dance it was the dave it was the chicken dance you gotta be
1: kidding me it wasn't even
0: just the regular chicken dance dave (laughs) he had like a beat behind it it was like the dance club mix of the chicken dance it was a it was literally a nightmare i almost left my food in the line and walked out and it was like i will come back later i don't care
1: I am, Matt, I'm so sorry. I gen- Matt, I genuinely apologize because I feel like I inadvertently dropped your punchline a little bit early.
0: That is not what I was intending to no. do. And the Here thing was is, the Dave, thought that... The, I, I'm sure that the thought you had is, there's no way it could have been the chicken dance. What monster would have done that? <laughs> that was precisely my thought. I was like, here's what I'll do. I'll throw in...
1: Here's a little bit of like under the hood, uh, guys. I was like, I'll throw in like the worst, craziest thing, and then Matt'll be like, "Well, at least it wasn't that." But let me tell you about this, like you know, sort of an alley oop sure, into the punchline about this story. the story he
0: played the electric slide, Dave. I would have given anything for the electric slide. Oh
1: my gosh!
0: And and the thing is, it like it was bad, but it was bad, and I was able to walk out that door and go home. But I was talking to the cashier, and I could tell from the look in her eye that, like, this was not the first time it had happened. And I felt so badly for her. Uh, Like, anyway, that's the whole bit. There's, There's no other joke. I had to listen to the chicken dance at the grocery store, and I wasn't allowed to leave without just abandoning my food. That's the whole bit. It was a walking nightmare. Or a waking nightmare. I was doing both. Anyway, that's all. Uh, But you know what's a lot more fun than the chicken dance, Dave? Literally everything on this Yeah, I was going to say anything. Just pick something. Specifically, specifically what is more fun than the chicken dance is episode 42 of Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Engine stall on all cars. Desperate situation for the giant robo. It originally aired on December 13th, 1996. You can watch it on the DVDs or on shoutfactory.tv. It was written by Naruhisa Arakawa. We're going to go uh, take a quick break, and we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. Uh, man, I had forgotten the, the, the previous episode and made us feel weirdly sad about Tapu. Uh, yeah. This episode really swings in hard trying to remind us about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They are... Yes, they are. They are doing that. They are doing that thing.
0: It is not a bad episode, but it is also an emotionally manipulative one. Uh, So let's just dive right in, Dave. When we open, of course, Dapu is sad about Christmas. And I'm... You know, Dave... We had previously been like pretty much exactly on track where the episode that we were watching was coming out at the same time during the year uh, that the episode had been uh, released. So, you know, like our October, our mid-October episode was around the same time as actual mid-October in the show. I am, although I wish we would have stayed a little more on track, I am actually glad that we got just far enough outside of the cycle... Because now, when there are episodes about Dapu being sad about Christmas, it's not happening in mid December when I am like emotionally (laughs) primed to let myself get sad about Christmas stuff.
1: Uh, that's, yeah, that's a good, that's a nice layer of insulation for us.
0: Anyway, Dapu is sad about Christmas. Uh, in the flashback, um,. From last episode, if you don't recall, he said about Christmas. Then there's an attack from uh, the the Bozok. They have gotten various robots from Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust, who has sent things down in waves in an attempt to separate Dapu from the Car Rangers because he has determined that Dapu is the conduit between the like entity of car magic and yeah, the universe. like the
1: universal.
0: Yeah. So if he can get Dapu away from the car rangers, he can run out their, like, reserves of car magic and then defeat them easily. Which, pretty good plan, actually.
1: Yeah, it's a very, very good plan. Uh, so we, we kind of get all that. Kyosuke is sort of narrating this flashback. And then we go into a little dream sequence, and it's Dapu, and he's having this dream, and there's a Christmas cake, and he's super excited. And he's like, oh my goodness, this cake is going to be so delicious. His dad is there. He's like, I know I've been a very good boy. Because remember, Dapu is a child. Um, And he's like, I've been a very good boy. So I know that this is a present from Santa. And at first I was like, what? Because there's no presents there. And I was like, oh, right. Your dad is present with you. Like, that's the the gift. Um, And then his dad, his dad's got a pipe. But it's supposed to be a space pipe. Clearly. Uh but because <laughs> yes. this was made this was made in uh you know, like the mid nineties and so they're like, Oh, it's like a space pipe But now I'm watching it in twenty twenty and I'm like, Does Dumpu's dad just vape?
0: Dude dude, he is ripping some fat sheets of cotton.
1: He for sure is. Uh and then of course his dream fades to black because it is just that. And he wakes up and he's in the BB saloon and he's in like a chain. And the first person see that he sees, like right up in his face, is Zelmoda, which is about the worst Bozok I think you could wake up to.
0: Um uh, maybe Inventor Grotch would have been worse.
1: Inventor Grotch might
0: be worse. Uh so Zelmoda... Is there, um, Dabu is really upset that he's, like, being made to feel uncomfortable. Wait, I'm sorry. According to, that's, I I think I've written my notes incorrectly. Zelmoda is upset that the Bozok have been made to feel uncomfortable because they have been uh, having to do work for... Uh, the Reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust.
1: Yeah, they're like, this is terrible. Like, we're stuck doing all this dirty work. Uh, which, to be fair, or just to clarify, the part that they're upset about that is the work, not the dirty. The dirty, they're fine with. They sure, just sure. Want to work, and they're like, like we got this kid. Like, can we just kill him? we will be done with it, and like, and then we'll defeat the Rangers. And then they're just about to do that. Uh, They're actually, Dampu is like, I'm going to get out of here, like, car, car, car. And then Zelmoda, like, blasts him uh, before he can basically, like, before he can finish the verbal component on his spell, he gets, like, silenced. And then they are, uh, yeah, they're, like, about to kill this kid. And then Reckless Dan Shepard Exhaust is like, like, no. Like, you cannot, like, you can't kill him. Like, I need him for, like, it doesn't say what. I'm assuming that he has some, like, nefarious intent on the Hazardians' innate connection to car magic. Like, that's my guess.
0: Yeah, we're gonna get a a, a nod to that a little later in the episode. Yeah. So we cut back down to Earth, and the uh, our, our heroes are searching for Dapu. And by searching, of course, the best way that you can search for any missing person is like trying to find a lost dog in your neighborhood, just running around and shouting their name at the open air.
1: Now, to be fair, this has never not worked.
0: Yeah, I mean, eventually, this has always uh, paid dividends. But right now, it is not doing it. And they're just running around, and they're exhausted. Uh, Minru feels badly, because he remembers their conversation from the previous episode um before dapu was captured and he's like man maybe dapu just left because we were pushing him too hard and like we're pushing him away because he wanted to hang out on christmas and we all wanted to see our families and maybe that's why dapu is gone yeah now of course that's not true he's gone because he was kidnapped by space monsters um, but I, I, I do appreciate Minoru's, uh concern. Well, he doesn't here. right. He doesn't
1: know that for sure. So they're like, uh, oh, you know, it's personal responsibility. It's good. Then who shows up? VRV Master.
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and VRV Master just drops the best <laughs> the best line in his episode, where he's like, "If you could solve problems by crying, you wouldn't need a lawyer." Like, let's go. Let's make this happen. And this is like a weird theme for this episode. I think like five different people say at various points in this episode, like you won't solve anything by crying. Like time to, you know, kind of time to get on with it.
0: They ask him where he's been and he's like, dude, straight up. That is not important. Uh, We need to keep moving on right now. And then he asks them. As though he did not walk into the middle of their conversation about looking for Dapu. Like, hey, how's Dapu? Is he doing okay? And, and they're like, well... And, and here's the thing. I don't know if he was or wasn't listening. Because on one hand, it seems like he wasn't listening and he's asking for a actual response. On the other hand, it kind of seems like he was listening and just wants to twist the knife a bit. Like, hey, yeah, I, I see uh, you're it's all not, upset. It's not
1: totally obvious.
0: How's Doppu, because he, the child he, that you look after? <laughs> they're like, well, uh,
1: and they kind of go through the whole situation. And they're like, we found these flyers. We're not really sure what's up. And he looks at it and he says, VRV Master does. And he says, these are a lie.
0: Uh, the fl- there the, are no. The flyer, if you will uh, recall from the previous episode, was um, dropped from a space robot that was flying over the hand. And the flyers said, hey, all of the survivors from the planet Hazard are meeting up in X location on such and such a time. So the the rangers have now found this and they've showed it to VRV Master, who recognizes it for being a total, like, uh, falsehood.
1: Yeah, now he also says there are no survivors, like, from, from the planet Hazard. And I am a little bit, because his helmet does not look like you could fit an adult Hazardian's head in it. And so I do wonder if we've got, like, a uh, like a Darth Vader sort of situate. Not that he's evil, but, like, you know, he was so badly injured that lots of his parts have been replaced by, by robot parts. Because he does have sort of, like, a cyborg-y vibe to him.
0: Yeah, I... I I would suspect that, that that is not the case, if only because we have seen him interact with barbers who have seen him with his helmet off, and they have not been, and they haven't commented on it. I feel like if he took off his helmet, and it was a adult Hazardian head, maybe... I wouldn't be, like, blown like, away, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like, maybe a barber could deal with that. If it was an adult Hazardian head who had been thrown into a volcano... The barber would have said something, right?
1: Well, just listen. Maybe they're discreet, Matt. Space barbers are known for their, uh, you know, professional discretion. Anyways, VRV... That is true about space barbers. (laughs) That's true. VRV Master kind of immediately puts this whole plan together, knows exactly how and what has happened, and serves as the kind of deus ex machina to explain to the Rangers, like... Oh, like here's here's Reckless Shepper and here's his plan, and this is what's happening. To underscore the point that Dapu is in fact alive and in mortal peril, we flip back up to the BB
0: Saloon. Uh, yes, Dapu is chained to a table,
1: yep.
0: uh, and, and it's not just a regular table, Dave. It is a execution machine.
1: <laughs> it's a it's a pit and the pendulum machine, is what it is. Yeah, it, yes, it
0: is a pit and pendulum. There there is no pit, but there is definitely a pendulum. And they started swinging above his head. He is 12. This is a terrible thing to do to a child. Um, but as the, as the blade is lowering down on him, the reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust chimes in. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, I know you want to murder this child. We all do. But we do actually need him alive because he is part of my plan to defeat the Car Rangers. Yeah, uh, President Guinmo. Oh, I'm sorry. You know,
1: I mentioned that earlier. This is when that happens.
0: Oh yeah, President Guinmo is not a, is not pleased with this. He does not like being bossed around. Um, but if they do go along with the reckless Dash Emperor Exhaust's plan, he is going to give him that lifetime pass to the space highways, and that is enough to sort of mollify him.
1: Oh, there was a real weird moment where they're like about to kill Dapu and they reference his like dead planet and father. And somebody throws out the line, like, go see your dad up there. And I missed the line previous because I was writing something down. This leads me, I think it's Zelmoda says this. This leads me to believe that Zelmoda, A, believes in an afterlife, and B, that there is a heaven, and C, that dapu's dad is there and that dapu was about to go there which like in my mind like zelmoda like we just found out a whole lot about zelmoda's view of the universe and like everything makes me really question zelmoda's life choices
0: Right, if he believes that there is a heaven and hell... Like, unless and,
1: he's just mocking Dapu, which is yeah. very in character.
0: You know what it is? I'll, like, Zelmoda is... Listen, Zelmoda's a crummy guy, right? He's a good yeah, friend, but a crummy a guy. guy. I think we can agree about that based on our experience with Zelmoda. We sure can. But, like, do you think... I don't know... I mean, I guess he just did. I was going to say, do you think he would mock a child as he was about to die, like, making fun of the idea that he would be reunited with his family in the afterlife? I guess he literally did just do that, so I can't question it. But it does feel bad. It doesn't feel quite like the semi-lovable Zalmoto we've come to know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and then we get this whole thing with with Reckless Danch Emperor Exhaust. Uh, Gynamo does not like to be bossed around, but he'll, he'll deal with it. Um, Exhaust says, listen, take the shark back to Earth, like, and, and take out our VRV robo. Like, you'll, you should be able to do this. Right. We go back the, to Earth the, and... the giant
0: shark robo, of course, is called Marine Zaboom.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, thank you.
0: I just want everyone to remember that the giant shark robot is called Marine Zaboom, which is a wonderful name for a shark robot. So,
1: uh, <laughs> we go from there. Whenever I see it, it makes me think of Zaboomafoo, which was like that children's program where I think people dressed up as animals. Yeah, some no, of that's them. That's of... Zoo.
0: Yes, definitely Zooly Zoo. Some of them had like animal costumes. One of them just had like cat's style makeup, but not like. 2019 cats VR makeup, like classic stage makeup Just cats. You know, had
1: you gone to see this show. So, anyways, uh, we go from there back down to VRV Master, who's sort of like still made conversation with the Rangers. And he says, Listen, Dampo is still like, he's definitely still alive. The Bozo can have him. And if the Bozo can have him, that means he's on Barbarian. And, like, we need to figure this out. Like, it's got to be a reckless temperature exhaust. He's carting car magic power. we got to figure this out.
0: Right. And, they, and, and uh, again, they, they, they know that they are targeting car magic power because in the previous episode, um, uh, Zanette had given them the diary. So, like, they, they kind of know what exhaust is up to. So, they're able to, like, put these various things together to figure out what's going on. So as they are coming to these conclusions, Marines of Boom attacks. He is being piloted by an inventor, Grotch. Uh, it's pretty bad. He's blowing up, like, a naval base. Uh, they send out an alert. That alert, like, sets off the Bozoak alert, which means that it is now time for the car rangers to go into action.
1: And VRV Master tries to stop them. Not like, he just is like, no, don't. Uh, they in anyways cause he's like in the middle of saying something when they when they get this alert
0: sure he listen everything he says is very important he knows everything he yeah he's you know I say that mockingly, but straight up v r v master is like the one guy in this whole season who really knows what he is about, even um signal man is a traffic cop who got pulled into all this stuff. VRV Master is like Dapu but older and competent, which makes sense because it's Dapu's dad.
1: Yeah, precisely. So um they <laughs> they just like run off. They're like, "We'll be right back, VRV Master." Like, "We're going to save everybody." And VRV Master drops his second amazing line <laughs> of, of the episode, which is True Warriors would have will wait till the end of this beach. But like they're already gone, so they don't hear this. But uh, I think that's good like that's a that's a very novel metric by which to measure a true warrior, in my experience. Uh-huh. Uh
0: the uh- the Car Rangers do not agree to this metric. They're like, listen, uh we, we're gonna leave, we're gonna win, we're gonna get Dabu back, and we'll be right back. So then we can listen to the rest of his dumb speech later. Uh you weird space lone wolf of the universe. So they all run off. They they real quick do Victory Fusion to get VRV Robo together. And they go off to go fight uh, Marine uh, Zaboom.
1: So basically, as soon as this fight starts, uh, reg- Reckless Dance Tramper Exhaust is... Or evil, whatever. Uh, he's like, hey, use the energy draining attack on Marine Zabumafu over there It's like oh yeah right He's got this like Ultra unbeatable attack Which is just He drains all your energy And then you would die So Grotch Does that And then there's like This real cool like Flying shark fin Cause it's like a shark Re- It's not like a shark robot It's like a robotic shark And then just like Coming out of the shark's stomach Is like a robot body it, It's a like, robot Like it just has a
0: whole it, It's not a robot shark It's a robot street shark Is what it is
1: yeah, well, there's a tail off the back of it. Like, the head is just a whole shark. And then there's a body.
0: There, there is genuinely a moment while I'm watching this episode where... Because Inventor Grotch is the guy who is plugged into the head of this robot and piloting it. And, like, Marine Zubilee Zoo is, like, swimming around underwater. And Grotch is also underwater. And if you will recall if you've ever looked at a picture of him, Inventor Gronch is wearing, like, this weird, messed-up diving suit. Yeah, it's like a, spa- yeah, like a
1: spacesuit or something.
0: And it's got, like, portholes all over it. And, like, it's not exactly a diving suit, but it's a little bit of a diving suit. And it kind of makes me wonder if they were thinking about this when they designed his outfit. Like, okay, eventually we're gonna need one of these weird, gross space monsters to be underwater and have it make at least a modicum of sense.
1: You know, man, that's very possible. I, I feel like that probably is not the case. I think they probably could have just had Zelmoda down there and be like, whatever, dude rolls around in a space car anyways. Who cares? Yeah, that's probably um, true. So anyways, uh, well, VR, so they're fighting down in the water. Like, he manages to knock our VRV robo into the water. Uh, it's not great. This is not like an optimal environment. For, for VRV Robo.
0: Right, well, VRV Robo wants to be on the roads. It's a car robot, not a boat robot. And being right. underwater for him is very difficult. Uh, and and not only is it difficult for him generally, but his energy is being drained. So
1: there's a lot of drama. Like, the rangers are, like, looking and they're like, oh, our energy is decreasing. What are we going to do? Uh, like, we're going to die. we got to escape. And then uh, Kiosuke or Red Racer, he just says, I'll use... Uh, the fire, the fire, the hose. fire hose. They've got a fire hose power. attachment, and I thought that they were going to use it to try and like knock uh, Marine Zaboom back. I was like, he's a shark; that probably won't work. Uh, but they don't. They just use it as like jets to launch themselves out of the water, and that does work.
0: Yeah, and then as they're just getting out of the water, Cyrender appears with a uh, single man appears inside render. Uh, he was busy lecturing someone about uh, traffic safety, but saw that there was a trouble, and he had only just returned to town, so it's perfect. The, the, the timing is perfect, and so he hops into the fight. Now, yep. n- at this point, the Rangers still don't know why VRV Robo is losing power. They're just looking down at like the energy gauge and seeing that it's dropping like dangerously low.
1: Yeah, so now maybe they, they would have known are... this if they had
0: stayed until the end of the speech, like a true warrior does. But well, we've already we've already amazing.
1: passed that. Yeah. So <laughs> VRV Master shows up and it's basically like I told you to listen to this speech. Like this is this is why you're having these problems. Uh, so we go from there up to Barbarian.
0: Dabu is trapped in, he, he's out of the, the, the cage he was in previously, now he's like locked in a room. And in the room, and, and I've never really uh, identified with the Bozok as much as I do in this moment, there's just a pile of old mail that they haven't gotten around to throwing away yet. Pile of old
1: mail and their signs.
0: yes. Like this is like, please never go into the side room of my apartment. Like, please, it's it's just this. <laughs> I mean, Dapu was not tied up in there. I don't think I haven't opened the door in a few days, but it's definitely got some old mail in there. And one of the things that's in there is like a New Year's Eve greeting card that says, "Hey, welcome to your new year," and it's it's from the previous year, right? Yeah. Um, it says like, "Hey, welcome to your new year. You're gonna have great luck." in this year if when you're going on your like planet destruction rampage you start with planets that begin with the letter h and like
1: this is going to be this is going to be great to you yeah it's just, it's
0: just like fortune cookie stuff but it is a gritting card and it is signed by and i'm not going to try to like or sound this word out but it's 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 the word uh, exhaust spelled backwards it's re- it's yep. the De- it's the reckless death emperor exhaust who a full year ago was already uh manipulating the Bozoke into attacking the planet hazard because and because apparently because we know that he is so upset that there is a survivor from planet hazard like his first step to doing all of this stuff was let's get planet hazard out of the way and and then, when like that planet and their link to car magic has been destroyed, then I can move on. So Dabu is realizing all of this, like all at once.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a it's a pretty excellent moment, actually. Uh, like just like a kind of a bomb in the, like the very la- in the like you know, episode forty two, very late game. That like, oh, this thing that you just kind of thought had happened because, like, the Bozok or the bozoke It it wasn't just that. Like, this character that you didn't know existed was, like, secretly pulling the strings all the time, and, like, here's this big reveal. Right. Uh, it, like, it was
0: pretty... It, it recontextualizes Dapu's whole thing, and it also kind of recontextualizes the, Bozo. the Bozok. The
1: Bozoak themselves, yeah. Because, like, listen, Cause they're, it's
0: like... they're still bad guys. They still blew up a planet and did not think twice about it. But they're not, like conniving in the way that they seem like they were in the beginning of the series.
1: Yeah, they are just like, oh, fortune says, do this. So they're like, yes, we'll do it. Again, they're still very bad people. So uh Dapu has like a full on, like, like frankly, like a kind of upsetting, like PTSD style flashback where he like sees his parents die again. Uh, And then he sort of like shakes himself off and he's like, well, crying won't help. He's one of the people that says it. Uh, and he's like, "All right, we just gotta like, we just gotta do this. We I gotta I gotta get going on."
0: Come back down to Earth. VRV Master is explaining to the Car Rangers, and man, I'm just gonna read straight from my notes here. Dave, please help me out because I know that this is an important moment, and I was having trouble understanding what he was trying to get across. Okay, so all of the cars the 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 cars that make up RV Robo and the cars that make up the VRV Robo all run on various versions of car magic now yes car magic is the magic of dreams yeah right so car magic uh-huh. is the magic of dreams and the bond between Dapu and the car Rangers is the conduit. Of that dream power.
1: Like for...
0: For them. For them. And so, because Dapu and the car rangers got into an argument in the previous episode, it's not that Dapu has been kidnapped that is actually causing the trouble. It's that Dapu got into a fight with the car rangers which has caused a doubt to creep into his mind about his connection to the car rangers and that is disrupting the flow of car magic between him and them
1: right yeah so it's not the fact that he's kidnapped it's the fact that he's worried that his friends don't care about him
0: yes which is a much more sentai solution to this problem if i'm being super honest
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this sort of beautifully, like, believe in the dreams of your friend's heart's crystal sort of moment. Yeah, Um, And then they all kind of feel bad. And I do notice, like, there's this very sad, like, synth music playing in the background. And I would not put money on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of only have, like, one soundtrack of like sad synth music because it all kind of sounds the same no matter what season you're listening to watching well
0: well this particular track of sad synth music i think is a sad version of the vrv master theme song if i'm not terribly mistaken which i may be
1: hmm i'm i uh, it might be i didn't i did not catch that so um they're like They all feel bad. And then Kyosuke says, he's like, well, crying won't resolve anything. Like, we got to figure this out. So they go to VRV Master. Kyosuke's like, listen, you're the lone wolf of the universe. You can save, You will you please go save Dapu? Like, we can't because he's up in space. Like, can you please go do it? And he's like, that's kind of a, he's like, he doesn't answer whether or not he can do it. He just says, that's kind of a selfish answer. Because what are you guys going to... Like, while I'm off doing that, like, rescuing your dude so you get your, like, magic powers back, what are you doing? And they say, like, we're going to go get RV robo and we're going to go defeat that monster with whatever energy we have left. Like, come hell or high water, we're going to make this happen.
0: Right. Like, between VRV-Robo and RV-Robo, like... Each of them have some gas in the tank. And so while you're going to go try to get back Dapu, thank you, O oh lone wolf of the universe, we are just going to like burn out all the power we have on Earth to try to defeat this thing so it doesn't just blow up the planet while you're busy with that. And VRV Master is like, okay, I will do that. And then he says, as they're all running off to go deal with the situation, to like get into RV Robo, he says to himself, "Like, wow! While I was gone, you have all become true warriors." Yeah, it's, it's nice. Pretty, um... Even though they did not stay for the full speech, he still considers them true warriors.
1: Yeah, I thought that was like a pretty. Or, well, I don't know if he does, but they're at least they're at least closer, right? Um, so he,
0: he runs off, he goes to space, RV Robo forms, and the fight starts again in earnest
1: Yeah, there's some good uh, power saxophone happening, which I dig um, So the Bozoak are in the BB saloon, they are watching the fight, they're digging it, and then there's like a fire alarm goes off and what we see is, so they all rush off and it's the closet. And what it is, is the Dapu has set a fire and then sort of like hid behind the door. They all rush in to get the fire and he sort of slips out. And he's covered himself with a blanket. He gets all the way to the garage and he's about to like escape in one of the cars. Zelmoda catches him and then he and Gynamo were there and are like, we obviously knew what you were doing. Like, this is a very transparent plan. Now we are just going to kill you.
0: Yeah, and so they sick a bunch of wumpers on Dapu, and man, I will tell you what, Dave. We have not seen Dapu in a fight since, like, episode three of this show. He's just been hanging out at the garage and, like, offering questionable advice. But when stuff goes down and Dapu actually needs to, like, fight a room full of wumpers. He does. Like Dapu yeah. still had Dapu's got the moves. Dapu has the car magic.
1: Yeah, I was um I was pretty impressed. I thought that was a that was a very cool moment. Um now ultimately he does not He he's not winning this fight. Like he's he does very well against the Wumpers, but like when Zelmoda and Gainemo get in the mix, uh Dapu cannot really handle that very well. Right. And then all of a sudden these, like, coins is what it looks like. Come, like, flying out of, of off-camera. And it sort of, like, plinks against a bunch of people. And, and it distracts Elmo and, and Dapu manages to get free. And he reaches down and picks him up. Dapu does. And he says, coffee milk? And they're, like, the little cart. They're pogs. They're, like, the original pogs. Yeah. They're just, like, little cardboard caps that come on drinks. And he's like, huh, coffee milk.
0: And as he's pondering this, VRV Master hops in. And he's like, who am I? I'm a friend, I'm a foe, I'm a lone wolf in in space. You know, you know how he does.
1: Well, hold up. There's a very good, there's a really, really good entrance where there's like this long, dark hallway. And some bumpers like run into it. And then you just hear like whoosh, 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 whoosh. And then they sort of come like flying out of the darkness again. And then VRV Master just like slow walks out. And then he drops the whole line of, like, who am I? Blah, blah, blah. Dude, um, VRV
0: Master knows how to make an entrance.
1: He does. It's very, very good. And then I, for, I forget, like, what, what this thing is. But, like, Dapu references these fruit drops. And I had totally forgotten about these. That, oh, that's what it is. Gynamo says, like, oh, you're the dude who bought fruit drops from the pachinko parlor with your prize tickets when I was working there.
0: Which is a great callback and I'm like I was genuinely impressed with this show for calling back to that weird two episode aside where President Gynamo was working at a pachinko parlor. Yeah,
1: I really was. And then I got a little thrown off and be like, wait a minute, he
0: I couldn't remember. Did they tell us he bought those fruit drops? I mean, we definitely saw him with a big bag full of those fruit drops leaving the pachinko parlor. and we Okay, and we,
1: because we do know that Hazardians love those fruit drops.
0: We do know that Hazardians love those fruit drops because VRV Master said that to... Wait, no. It was that Dapu said that to the car rangers before he went into his, like, hibernation and... That's how the car rangers knew that they could trust VRV Master, right?
1: Yeah, and so Dapu... So there actually is a clue that, like, he is... Like, that maybe he was a Hazardian before. And uh, I was really impressed because I did not... Like, I did not catch it or put it together. And then, so he turns... VRV Master turns to Dapu and he says... Hey, and he like gives him a bunch of these little like cardboard circles. And he says, hey, it's time for sure, 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 sure. And then, uh, and this means something to Dapu. It does we not mean anything back. to me. We, no, and it's it's fine that it doesn't. It's, it's good, which, it, it totally makes sense that it doesn't, because we're going to find out in a second. We do hop back uh, to the fight, the robo fight. Cyrender's still in it. It does make me think, so if the car rangers are powered by... Their connection to car magic through Dapu. Uh, what's render Is it just like his own, he's just self-powered, like he just believes in traffic safety so hard that he kind of powers Sirender all by himself?
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, Signalman gets his power from Planet Police. And like, they are maybe related to car magic, but not necessarily the same thing. Because, like, he has no real attachment to Planet Hazard. He has attachment to, like, the trinary unit that is the police planet. Right? Good point. I dig it. I dig it. Although, so anyways... Uh, uh, but it is great because that does mean that all of the superpowers in the universe, like, the magic power, like... The good magic powers, the evil magic powers, then also just, like, this, maybe the stuff from Planet Police are just, like, super science powers. No matter what it is, if it is any sort of advanced thing, it all streams from the idea of the car for some yeah. reason. And traffic. Yeah, I dig, um, I just dig...
1: I really do. I dig, like, all elements of this. So, <laughs> so, um, we go from there, and they sort of, like, there's a fight with uh, VRV Master and Dapu, and they kind of, like, they're really they're just they're, they're trying to escape. And they're about to get in the car. Uh, VRV Master gets, like, blasted in the back. Dapu is, like, starting to, Dapu has now realized, at least on some level, like who this is. And he's like, uh, VRV Master's like, no, you just have to escape. And Dapu's like, no, you got to come with me. So they get into the car and they sort of like get in or they escape like right under the gate that's closing. And then... And they're escaping they're, like, I
0: think they're escaping in Zelmoda's car. Yeah, it is
1: definitely, it is Zelmoda's car. So as they are escaping, Dapu turns to him and is like... Okay, listen, he's just looking at him. He doesn't say anything yet. And then Reckless, or Evil Emperor Exhaust comes into, the, comes into view and just tries to grab the car, which I, th- this is, defi- Matt, he just is that large.
0: He's a, he, he's a big boy.
1: Like, he just has, he's just, like, grabbing them. This is not, like, an energy projection. This dude is just, like, the size of Jupiter.
0: It's 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 upsetting, if that is the case. I, I still think there's a possibility that he is expressing, like, an energy form temporarily here and there. Because otherwise, I, I don't know why I'm so hung up on this. I just know that if there's actually something that large in space, like, orbits will be destroyed. And I just, like, oh, that yeah, is the no, one they... thing that I can't accept in this series.
1: No, listen, you're right. They would be. I'm just saying, like... Anyways. I mean, so, listen, um... you're
0: probably right. I'm just being like a stick in the mud about this. So, yeah, he tries to grab at them. Um, he doesn't quite manage to. They're flying off, and Dapu turns to VRV Master. And he's like, hey, that thing earlier that you said, like the shuri shu shu shu, which was something that VRV Master said while he was like throwing things around the room, I think. Right? Right? Yeah. Like, Dapu says, like, I I recognize that. How do you know what that is? VRV Master is saying, oh, I just, I don't know, I must have heard it somewhere. And Dapu says, no, you didn't just hear it somewhere. That is, like, a weird, very specific thing that me and my dad came up with. It was, like, our game that we played together. Like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah. And he's like, you're... You're my dad, like dad. It's you, uh, and then VRV Master. Instead of saying like, "Yes, my son, I love you," he just turns to him and he says, "Do you love justice?" And I was like, "What? Okay, yes, but also like, hi, dad." And he says, "Listen, if you have, do you have the confidence to dream, no matter how hard your life is?" And he's like. I mean, okay, yes, I do. And he's like, "Then you must. Then there is no limit to your car magic power." Now, and then VRV Master Dave, just like, "There
0: is a, there is, there is one bit in that that I, I want to interject." He says, "If you share that dream, then there is no limit to your car magic. Because it's not just Dapu's dream. It has to be the dream that Dapu shares with the Car Rangers to make that car magic power unlimited." Which I think is only significant because I feel like we're going to run into something like that in the next episode or two. And I wanted to lay the groundwork for it now.
1: No, Matt, I think that's a good point. Uh, because clearly, this show is pretty invested in laying groundwork for stuff. Right. It uh, did
0: not seem like that was the case for most of the show. But apparently, it was the case.
1: Well, in our defense, Matt, it hasn't seemed like that for the last five years. So, uh, then, VRV Mass just like, alright, great. And like... Gives him, like, the V-sign, turns into, like, a bolt of energy, and just, like, full-frontally assaults Evil Emperor Exhaust, and explodes, I think.
0: And maybe dies? Maybe? Because the episode just ends. Like, VRV Master goes to attack Exhaust, Dapu is now free to escape to Earth, and cutting down to earth like you know cutting the camera down to earth we see that the car rangers are almost out of car magic in their gas tank in their giant robots yeah so we are this is another like terrible moment for our heroes cliffhanger event i hope it all works out for them and that the universe is saved but dave we won't know that this week we won't know that. Hopefully this week. we'll get we'll get some sort of uh forward motion on it next week. Um but that's the end of the episode.
1: Yeah. And if- yeah, the, we just this is like, well, listen. And I hope, I don't know why I didn't remember this until literally just now. It's the end of the season. Like it's just going to go like cliffhanger to cliffhanger to cliffhanger to cliffhanger until the show's over.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um Again, I am not I am not convinced that we're not going to get at least one more weird like filler episode somewhere between now and the end. Um, but for today, at least, that is the end of this episode of Licensed to Car Ranger. Uh, normally, yep. of course, we would cut in now to discuss where the Monster of the Week lands on the Creature Royale. But there was no real Monster of the Week um, other than Marines of Boom, and that hasn't been destroyed yet. And I feel like we're probably not going to talk about those trio of robots for another week or two. So, I guess that's it, unless you have anything else to add. No, I I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Rock and roll, dude. Uh, Well then, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supercentibrothers at gmail.com. If you'd like to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Dave. Uh, if you would, if anyone would like to get a hold of you to hop in on the playtest for Ghost and Die Heroes, the tabletop role playing game that you're developing, how would they do that?
1: Uh, if you just email me at ghostanddieheroes at gmail.com, I will uh, get you out the playtest and uh, put you on the list for any future updates.
0: Right on. Uh, folks, please remember that if you like the show, remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on there. That's what's going to point new to people towards the show, and it would be pretty swell of you to do it. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.